This is Anna Finke, your host from Thinking Beyond the Canopy, a podcast profiling the most exciting research results by the Center for International Forestry Research. When I started my PhD research, a number of my colleagues had started to look at the relationships between agriculture and nutrition, but virtually nobody was looking at how wild foods were contributing to nutrition. So today we are looking at a new paper by Brown Powell, based on her PhD research with co-authors Patrick Mondu, Harriet Kuhnline and Timothy Johns. This study was undertaken in the rural area of the East Usambara Mountains in Tanzania. It focuses on the role of wild foods such as wild passion fruit, java plum, crabs or crayfish in the diets of children and mothers in that area. Wild foods are, simply speaking, any kind of uncultivated species, whether animals or plants. Much research in the past has shown that indigenous people greatly depend on wild foods. However, the study by Bronwyn adds a whole new dimension to the issue. The study has three really important findings. First, the contribution of wild foods to food security in times of food shortage. Bronwyn, the lead researcher on the study, explains to us what role the wild foods play during the wet or food insecure season. The data presented in this new paper show significantly higher consumption of wild foods in the rainy season than in the dry season. In the rainy season, almost everybody was reporting use of wild foods, whereas in the dry season, a much lower percentage of the items in the diet were coming from the wild. This could be due to the fact that the rainy season is the time of year when food insecurity is highest. People plant their crops at the beginning of the long rainy season and then they harvest them at the end of the rains. So during the rains is the period when food supplies are lowest. It's also the time of year when cash supplies are quite low and so people don't have the ability to purchase foods from the store or market as much. Alternatively, it could be also that during the rainy season, wild foods, especially wild vegetables, are much easier to find. I believe that it's actually a combination of both need and availability that's leading to this higher consumption of wild foods that we see during the rainy season. So wild foods are important to keep rural families from going hungry in times of need. Now that's an important finding, right? But it gets even more interesting. What kind of foods do you think of when you think about food security? Usually, we talk about staple foods like maize, wheat, and rice. Staple foods certainly are an important dimension of food security. But that's not the whole story. Did you know that only a minority of food security research focuses on the diet quality? A high-quality diet is considered to be one with enough calories. But what about enough vitamins and minerals, the micronutrients? So while most of the research measures focused on food security are based on the calories, this research shows that wild foods play a significant role in adding the qualitative dimension to their diet. Our data show that although wild foods contributed very limited amount of the calories in the diet, they contributed 31% of the vitamin A and 19% of iron that was consumed by, by the people in the study. There are very few studies of this nature, but the ones that exist consistently show wild foods making important contributions to micronutrient intake. This is a really important finding because the people in our study were generally getting enough calories, but falling short when it came to micronutrients. And this isn't just the case in Tanzania. 
Globally, there are less than a billion people who are calorie deficient, but more than two billion people who are micronutrient deficient, especially for micronutrients such as vitamin A and iron. Third, Bronwyn's paper also shows that people reported getting many of these wild foods from their farms instead of the forest. I know what you're thinking. Usually people would get their forest foods from, well, the forest, right? Bronwyn, now why are they not doing that? Why not make use of the forest foods if they are available there for free? I was really lucky to be able to go back to the communities we had worked in after we finished analyzing the data. It was really wonderful to share with them the results and hear their thoughts, as well as their explanations for why they weren't consuming more forest foods. We're currently preparing a paper that addresses some of these questions. One of the most common explanations people gave us was that they were getting all of the foods that they needed from their farm. However, there's a couple of important things to note about this explanation. Farms often include a lot of trees in the form of forest remnant patches, agroforests, and mature fallow. Also, in that part of Tanzania, people often only use the term forest to refer to protected areas. This is because they're afraid that if they use the term forest to refer to a part of their farm, the government might come along and take away that part of their farm and add it to a reserve or a protected area. Additionally, even though people are now allowed to enter most of the protected areas to collect fruits and vegetables, many of these protected areas are very far from where people are living. It takes a lot of time for people to get to these protected areas, and women's workload is already very high because it's women who would traditionally be collecting vegetables and other wild foods. It's often time that constrains their ability to go to the forest to have access to these foods. Well... It is more important that people do get their wild foods than where they get them from. Bowen's paper showed the more time local people spend on farms, the more likely it is they will also eat wild foods. So if people become less active in agriculture, do you think they're going to get their vitamins from somewhere else? People often give up agriculture when there are easier ways to make a living. The problem is that the types of foods people might purchase in the market are not necessarily nutritionally equivalent to the types of foods they have access to on their farm. At the national level, we know that as GDP increases, nutrition improves. However, at the household level, if the amount of income you're earning instead of engaging in agriculture is limited, then you're faced with difficult decisions about how to spend that money. Part of the problem is that soda and cookies are often cheaper than fruits and vegetables. You might think now, okay, they're not going to be having their veggies, so what? But when you consider, as Bronwyn has mentioned, that the number of people in Tanzania who are vitamin A deficient is very high, the importance of wild foods for nutrition makes sense. So if their intake declines further, they are incredibly prone to get diseases related to vitamin A deficiency. Globally, vitamin A deficiency causes up to 500,000 children to go blind each year. Half of them die within the year. So not having access to these wild foods could lead to very serious health implications. 45% of child deaths are related indirectly or directly to malnutrition. However, we still focus too much on food availability and intake. This research highlights that food quality, vitamins and minerals, is just as important. 
We have a long way to go before we overcome global malnutrition. Everyone, including those in forestry and conservation, have a potential role to play. And by looking at the micronutrient intake, we just might reach that goal a bit faster. You can download this podcast on our webpage and on SoundCloud on soundcloud.com slash c4-forest, as well as soon on iTunes. Please make sure to subscribe. The research is available under c4.org in our online library if you search for wild foods from farm and forest in the East Uzambaro Mountains, Tanzania, or you just download it below the blog post, Quality, Not Quantity. Wild foods give new dimension to nutrition woes in Tanzania. Thank you everyone for listening to the podcast that is striving to think beyond the canopy. And see you next time.